Let's fly together, fly together, fly together. You can be my love, sweet love. I know your pretty feathers, it don't matter the weather. Just you and me together, we'll fly, 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 fly forever. Let's fly together, fly together, fly together. You can be my love, sweet love. I know your pretty feathers, it don't matter the weather. Just you and me together, we'll fly, 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 fly Welcome, forever. ladies and gentlemen, to a another, hopefully, riveting episode of the Swim Bros Podcast. I am a singular swim bro, Grant House, and I want to thank you for diving in with us today. So today's lesson, uh, today's episode, hopefully a lesson is found from it, but just want to get back into it. Probably be pretty hot, fast, and loose. Want to catch up on some recent events, some recent events, uh, specific events within those recent events of world championships, world aquatics for you more technical individuals, and then the tier pro championships, uh, yours truly participated, competed, and dominated in one event at least, and uh, was a great event as well. So thank you, Tier, uh, for tip of the cap to you and to running that meet. Great opportunity for those who didn't qualify for world championships. And then also the uh, college athletics, in the words of the athletic news report, college athletics most historic days and wildest days in NCAA history. And I can agree with that a hundredfold. I apologize initially already for my rather raspy voice. Hopefully it adds on to a rather more mahogany and uh, richer tone for the for the listener. But uh, for now, you have to do. I want to get this podcast out. So if we need to redo it, we'll redo it. Hopefully not, though. So here we go. Uh, we'll start with kind of the conference realignment. I feel like that's very, very entertaining, very wild, uh, especially with the close context of Arizona State University, uh, my alma mater at this point, six years, uh, due diligence, service, uh, forks up for life, sun devil for life, glad to be there, uh, sparky till I die, injected into my veins, <laughs> and so on and so forth. But, you know, it's pretty amazing to see a conference, a Power 5 conference, essentially implode uh, with one domino last last summer with UCLA and USC falling. And then also really nothing happening with the media rights deal for the entirety of the months to follow up until this week. So if you've been following along, you probably saw the news in college athletics that is now a power four, essentially, except for some bears and some trees still getting lost in the forest. And the rest of the Pac-12 uh, rather imploding on a rather <laughs> gigantic proportion, to say the least. We have Oregon joining the Big Ten. Uh, this is from my from my understanding. Uh, Oregon joining the Big Ten. We have Arizona State, University of Arizona, down the dirty tee, and Utah joining the Big Ten. And so there's some interesting takeaways from this. You know, I think really one of the biggest things is uh, who uh, who asked the athletes about this? Who asked the athletes if they had a say in this? Who who really took the time to really talk to any athletes? Because um, last I checked, uh, you know, transfer portal has an end and close date. But for anyone else, any coaches, any administrators, it really is shown now that there is no end date. There is no start date. It's really whenever they decide. And that's a rather interesting aspect, especially for uh, smaller sports, Olympic sports, such as swimming, that are affected by that, that we're going to be traveling across the country. So it's an interesting interesting aspect to this whole dynamic that I don't think a lot of people are initially looking at. We're really examining the football side of things, which uh, football will always prevail. 
football will always be fine. They will never have any issues with that. Uh, as long as the American system stays in place with the NCAA, football will always be the uh, the end-all, be-all, the, the holy grail of sports in the NCAA. And so that will figure itself out. The game will take care of itself. And what I, what I think is really interesting is the dynamics of what these other sports are going to have to endure and what they're going to have to um, – really try to wrestle with and travel across the country. No, Oregon to Ann Arbor. That ain't, a, that ain't an easy trip, folks. Maryland to Ann Arbor. Uh, and then out to Oregon, if that's a if that's a tri-meet, whatever it is. Um, you know, so obviously Oregon doesn't have a swim team, but they have other things, uh, track, baseball, soccer, uh, women's softball, uh, so on and so forth with U of A, Arizona State, Utah. These, these teams that they're going to have to travel, you know, cross-country, uh, cross Trans transcontinental, we'll break that out, um, and it's really interesting. You know, there's um, there's a lot of a lot of articles out about this now. I'm kind of my own Jamie, so I'll be looking on and off the camera here a little bit. But you got some losers and some winners that are coming out of this. I think it's interesting to see who everyone everyone says. But I really think the uh, a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the talk is you know you've seen a lot of Pac-12 losing, and that's just unfortunately I think from the top down it just wasn't executed properly. You know, with our former commissioner, Larry Scott, tough angle. Just didn't really do anything with our media rights deal. Really, really wild to really put a bunch of our Olympic athletes, Olympic swimmers, you know, great swimmers going to Stanford, especially the women's team. Cal Bears, men's and women's, historically great Olympic program. Arizona State, they currently have the world record holder on their team. How many NCAA schools can say that even? Pretty incredible. How many schools can say they have two World uh, world championship, world champions on their team right now in college, still with years of eligibility to go. Uh, Leon Marchand and Hubi Koss. So uh, plug ASU as well. So unapologetically, because an inc- incredible feat. And, you know, for Pac-12 conference championships for dual meets, these athletes weren't even televised. That's That's ridiculous. That is incredible to me. And that is such a shame that these athletes didn't get their, um, didn't get to show their talents on the greatest stage. Um, consistently that the U.S. has to offer, which is the NCAA circuit, and for other people to see it, for young athletes to be motivated and inspired by Leon, by Hubie, swimming on the NCAA and swimming on the international stage at uh, better levels, if not higher. You know, Leon's converted times converted slower than what he actually won in NCAA. So if we rely on those conversions, then it's just not adequate. But we really come out on top of where, you know, I think it's a it's a monumental aspect for all of NCAA athletics, and you've got a big 18 now. It's pretty crazy. Um, we got the change with that, but I think the really the the biggest losers in all this is is going to be Washington State and Oregon State. You know, they're they're kind of the lowest ends of the the spectrum on our our conference and just density or popularity with the teams and and schools as well. But it's really interesting that they'll probably be thrown to a mid major conference now. They'll be they'll be taken out of the Pac Pac 12. Pac 12 is going to dissolve completely eventually. Uh, Stanford. Private institute, been riding on that forever. They'll probably do a, a Notre Dame situation. They might not even be in an institute for a while or a conference. And Cal, Lord knows what they're going to do. Um, they'll be their own entity as they always have, uh, unique in their own fashion. Um, I know their athletic department filed for bankruptcy a while ago, a couple years ago, which is probably not a lot, not too far off a lot of athletic departments in the NCAA. But going to a Pac-12, from a Pac-12 where – Annual revenue can be maybe up to a five hundred million, probably around four hundred fifty million, and going into an SEC school or a Big Ten school where the revenue uh, revenues upwards of nine nine hundred sixty million, 
That'd be a pretty big bump for any athletic department. And that's what these schools are seeing. And that's what it, that's why money talks in this. And so there's a really interesting topic line of an article from The Athletic. And here's verbatim how they write it. The section is called Winners and Losers of the Conference Realignment. And this subsection is called the Winners College Administrators. Never fear. Those seven-digit paychecks aren't going away anytime soon. Suits and ties at dozens of schools got today and got together, held votes, and the final outcome was the implosion of the Pac-12, a foundational conference and a college football landscape that is worse for fans and athletes and makes no sense geographically. End of quote. Now, that's obviously not the most uplifting uplifting comment, but I really found it interesting the opening sentences there, uh, the, the winners being college administrators. In this whole article, we don't even talk about any of the student-athletes, and I think that's just a shame. I think that's really unfortunate that no student-athletes' voices were brought to the table at this instance. And the first winners we're looking at are college administrators. Without the athletes, sports aren't happening. It sounds simple and, and redundant to say, folks, but it's so often forgotten. It's so often forgotten by the athletes themselves how much power we have and how much advocacy they have in their whole lives. And I think we really need to take a step back and, and really realize what the athletes have and their power and their voice and their ability. Without the game, you're not having players on the field. You're not having players on the court. Without the players showing up, the swim meet isn't happening. The track meet isn't happening. The quarterback's not throwing a t- touchdown. No tutties are being thrown in Alabama. How about that? That would be a scene. No one wants that. No one wants No one wants that. Everyone, everyone wants some... Everyone wants some tutties. Everyone wants a swim meet. Everyone wants to see a world record getting broken at Mona Plummer again. Uh, an NCAA record getting broken. So we want to see these. And without the athletes, it doesn't happen. But when we constantly prioritize these paychecks of what the non-athletes are getting paid, it's a tough angle. It's a very, very tough angle. Um, and so, you know, sayonara to the Pac-12 Conference. You served well. Um, peace, love, and prosperity. But... It's a it's a shocking day. It's really interesting to see where the world of college athletics will go from from here. And so, yeah. So that's what I'll riff on that for a little bit. I'll probably come back to that on a shorter episode. Really where I want to head off with that, um, just to see where it where it happens. You know, the winners, definitely the Big Ten, definitely the Big 12. Um, my bold hot take right now releases, uh, I think the Big 12 will be the next to dissolve within five years. Um, I think the same thing will happen. I think people are already forgetting that Texas and Oklahoma are already have already uh, vied or voted to leave the Big 12 and enter the SEC. So I think people are just really overlooking that. It's literally just what the Pac happened in the Pac-12. UCLA and USC left. After about a year, everything followed. Texas and Oklahoma, two biggest schools in the Big 12, arguably, probably not arguably, leave. A couple other joins. A couple other schools joined to bolster, support the foundation of the Big 12, but is it enough to uphold it? Is ASU football the same as Texas football? I don't know about that one. I know swimming swimming is a bit better right now uh, based on recent results, and uh, they can do their own. So it'll be a really interesting conference meet for Texas and swim, Texas and ASU at a, at a conference meet. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. That'll be cool at UT. But we'll see how things shake out. That is for sure. And so really on to the next section of, of uh, World Aquatics. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole, uh, the entirety of everything. Uh, but what I do think is really important to acknowledge is a couple, couple things that 
I really wanted to bring to attention or point out that I saw. And uh, I think it's interesting. I think it was interesting how everything unfolded. I love the dynamics of the U.S. and Australia. Uh, Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. And uh, America, God bless. So I think there's a lot of dynamics that unfolded after the meet with some banter that swimming really needs from Kate Campbell, Lily King. Um, you know, on whether it was fun-loving or direct or not, uh, I don't think you you go back on, on what you say. I think you lean into it. Uh, I was a little disappointed that Kate Campbell released another statement that said that it was all for fun and games. It was all for it was all for jokes, mate. Uh, like no, no, lean into it. Swimming needs that. Swimming needs to have some more intensity. I want to see some fights at the end of the at the end of the races. I want to see relays get physical. Maybe that's just me, but it's going to be more entertaining. And swimming needs some more viewership and entertaining. I think Kyle Sockwell will attest to that more than anyone. Uh, swimming CEO, um, you serve well. And you lead this helm very strongly, good sir. But swimming needs more entertainment and swimming needs more of that intensity. And I know it's not always a direct correlation to swimming performance, but I think if you see the backlash that the community got, and we're talking about it here, I think that's important for the sport. Like if you take a step back and just take out your own ego and, oh, it's not directly for performance or, oh, it doesn't immediately equal this. It's, you know, we got to look at what's going to make the longevity for our sport, like what my kids are going to be doing in the sport if they want to play that, what your kids as a listener are going to be doing in the sport if they want to swim. And is it going to be something that schools are going to want to hold on to, that schools are not going to want to cut? We've already seen that. ASU saw that in 2008. And it's crazy how we have schools like Oregon who don't have swim teams. And that's because largely the, the viewership and the popularity isn't there. And I think things like this, this rivalry leaning into that, Australia, two prevalent powerhouses of swimming, uh, two of the best countries, are coming in and, and showing that and clashing. And I think that's great. I think there's a discussion about who is the real winner of the, the world championships. And looking at gold medals versus gold medals, totals versus totals, like, yeah, America won totals, Australia won gold. That's the fact of the matter. Then the entertainment comes from discussing what is eat on each side. So... I think that's great for the sport of swimming. I think swimming needs more of that. Uh, Lily King, awesome shout-out, awesome snapback, and I think that's great. I think more voices need to be heard. I think people are worried about too, being too polite uh, and too political in that, and I'm, I'm here to say that I think, I think swimming needs a little bit more physicality, more of that, more of that aspect to uh, have some, some tenacity, some ticks, some trash talk, some trash talk. And, um, you know, I might take things solo personally sometimes too. I'll be full of vulnerability and say that. I think a lot of coaches would, would question why I'm saying this right now too. But I think in the in the grand scheme of things, people love a celebration. People love entertainment after the races before. And excitement around an event, like in lead up. If no one talks about a race between Australia and America, why would they want to be talking into it? But now you have a little bit more... Um, more involvement into the fight, into the battle, into the engagement, into an investment, into the opportunity. And so for that, I think that's important for the sport of swimming. Um, something I really thought was interesting was America had no shows in the 400-meter freestyle. No uh, no, uh, no athletes in the A final. Sam Short, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. One of the most underrated swims of the entire meet, I think. I got overshadowed by some other incredible swims. But Sam Short... Sammy Short, Samuel, uh, swimming not sh- small, not short at all, but should be called Sammy Big Man. 
That was a big man swim out there. That 400 meter freestyle, just a dog. That was that was impressive. 340, no super suit, almost getting under 340, breaking the world record. Incredible, just incredible. Uh, I think the 50s this year were entertaining. Uh, I thought it was really unique. Uh, China really throwing their hat into the ring as a as a third contender for a very very strong center and a country for swimming dominance right now behind uh, and with. USA and Australia as well. And I thought it was really interesting to see their breaststroke dominate from 50, 100, and 200. That's awesome. That's awesome. Kaylee McEwen too. Um, you know, I love Leon to death, and I think his swim was incredible. It was never a matter of if. It was a matter of when for me, for when he was going to break the world record, when he's going to go under four minutes. Uh, it was only a matter of this year, next year, when he decided to do it really, when he just decided to let loose. Uh, it was never a doubt of of if it was possible. Like when you see this guy, when you know this guy, I get to you get you have a lunch with this dude, and you just know instantly. Like this dude works so incredibly hard every day, day in, day out, does all the things right, lives his life beautifully, and uh, he's the man. But uh, these other athletes are doing incredible things, and I don't get to see them on a daily basis. I'm spoiled. I get to be friends with Leon. I get to see him. Uh, I get to see his, his process every day, and I get to laugh with him. I get to talk with him, and we get to go about our, our, our goals and our life aspirations every day. But these other athletes, uh, like the breaststroker from China, I don't want to mispronounce his name, um, but incredibly, incredibly admire the technical proficiency that that athlete expresses in the water. Um, just to see how dominant he was comparatively to the rest of the field. Obviously, Petey, Petey wasn't there, but I don't think Petey would have held a candle to him. I think that's another one of a... Uh, Kind of the spicy taste of dishing out here all episode this time. We're not waiting till the end this time, folks. We're we're just giving it hot and juicy crawfish all over the place right here. Uh, I think that was a really impressive. The world record in the two breaststroke long uh, long has been weighted to be pulverized. Uh, Zach Stubblecook had a good world record run. Uh, he came in second as well. I don't think he's done. I think there's more in the tank in that event for everyone. I think uh, Leon could drop a two hundred two right now. Yep, that's three seconds uh, faster than the world record, and I did not stutter. Uh, I think that'll be really interesting to see how that record evolves now that it's been broken twice within the last year. A little Roger Bannister effect. And uh, we'll be seeing a lot more sub-206s, sub-205s, I think, in the next coming uh, next coming year and years to follow as well. So it's really interesting, I think, on that domination in the 100, 200, 50. That was amazing. I thought that was a very impressive feat. Kaylee McEwen. The backstrokes to have, I think I saw the stat, to have the backstroke uh, 100, 200, long course, short course meters, world champion, and the world record, and the Olympic champion, uh, every every accolade accomplished. Like, she could just be done, but she goes, and I think she goes on, and she wants more, I think, for herself, and I think that's a very valuable lesson to all swimmers out there to, uh, to really admire what she does, and she's definitely not on an extrinsic mission, but really an intrinsic mission of what she wants to accomplish because by all means she could just hang it up now and be perfectly content as accomplishing everything there is to swimming but she obviously has her own goals and and aspirations so i commend you kaylee on that one and uh i'm very excited to see what else is uh to come from in the career in the future years or year whatever it may be um one interesting thing that i don't think a lot of people saw and i'm gonna call them out on here but uh i know they're listening peacock uh the streaming service but it was really interesting, you know, the uh, the 200 meter freestyle. They, they, if you watch the live feed, and 
if you go to the beginning of the session, that's what the 200 freestyle started. We had two American finalists in that heat. The uh, Luke Hobson and Kieran Smith. Absolute savages of humans. Mad respect for those guys. Uh, amazing, amazing athletes. And it just didn't shake out that day for them to get on the podium. They're still top eight in the world. Uh, still top six, I believe, for both of them. So absolute savages. Luke was a 144 in semifinals. I mean, come on. That's raw. Uh, Kieran, 144 in the 4x2 relay. Silver medalist as well. Dog, after having not the best meet that he wanted to probably. Pulled together for Team USA. Now that is, that's some gold medal grit right there in the future. And uh, might not have panned out right now, but hey, second in the world, pretty dang good. Pretty dang good. Swimming three events. Takes a lot. Takes a lot. Especially two 400s or 400 and uh, three 200 freestyles at the highest level in sports. Only takes a couple hundreds to be off. So mad respect to both of those guys. But when you watch the live feed, goes through the event. And the Americans didn't come out on top. Spoiler alert. We had Matt Richards, Tom Dean, and uh, I believe it was Jamie in the chair to go check this out right now. But I know David Popovici missed out. And it was really interesting to see how it unfolded. Because David Popovici came in as the the top dog, the the number one, the guy to beat. And, uh, and he got beat. And it was really interesting to see how he responded. I think it was very positive. I think it was very uplifting. Uh, Sung Woo, um, Sun Woo Hung, and uh, he came in third. So it was Matt Richards, Great Britain, Tom Dean, Great Britain. A little prelude to what inevitably happened in the 4x2, Great Britain winning gold. Phenomenal relay. And then Sung Woo Hung, uh, followed by David Popovici, Luke Hobson. So another testament to just how tough the, the, the world of swimming is right now. And uh, But getting back to my main point is you watch the live feed of Peacock. They show the entire swim. And then when you go back to look at the replay, every other session is showed. Every other session is started. But the event that the Americans didn't get on the podium, they cut the first 15 minutes. And I only know this because I went back the next morning while I was at the Irvine Tier Pro Championships with Johnny Kula. And we were watching our teammates and our friends and uh, just general interest in the sport compete in the final sessions because of the time change. And we couldn't find the 200-meter freestyle. And Johnny was making fun of me, but I was adamant that it was not on Peacock. And you can't find it on the replay. So I, luckily, the swimming CEO sent me the link, the clip, and I got to watch the race. An exciting, exhilarating race. I would recommend watching it. Uh, quite the uh, the tale of two coins of how to swim the race. And it was very interesting um, to go back. I don't know if I'm looking too much into something, but, you know, take a moment. Think about it. Really ponder that. What What's going on there? So some maybe some swim spiracy. Get that trending. Swim spiracy. But, yeah, two Americans in medal and Peacock scrubbed it from the replay wild wild stuff um i think obviously the man myth the legend the uh i'm gonna say it, the best swimmer in history leon marchand just we should just say it before he's done like why not why not i'm gonna say it like we've we've seen it now he's beaten the best swimmer in history's records time in time out on multiple record multiple occasions with multiple records and that's just that i don't think we need to look too much into it um, it was an incredible opportunity. It was neat to see, to a degree, neat to see, yeah, to a degree, it was neat to see uh, Michael and, and Leon uh, sharing that moment. It was cool to see Leon really break through in, in a magnificent fashion, actualize his potential of greatness every day. But it was really unique to uh, to see him on just such a dominant aspect every every single day of the week. Um, and I think just how he performed for Team France, him and Maxime Grosset, 
uh, probably the breakout swimmer of the meet in my mind, are really coming away with three medals, not just uh, one in the 100 freestyle when he had a, a great world championships and Olympics, but really stepping into his own with a uh, different, different uh, event lineup and, and dominating as well. You know, Florida Manadou didn't come away with many victories or any podiums this, this time around, but an incredible opportunity for Maxime Grosset. And Florette seems to be doing better now leading into the Olympic cycle. And I think that bodes well for him. And Team France is definitely one to watch out for. So that was really interesting to see. Just It was great to see Leon dominate top to bottom. I was really surprised he didn't break the 2IM record yet. Uh, and I, I think that was on the, on, the, on the horizon for sure. And then also the 200 fly, I think it'll be really interesting to see him and Milak swim. You know, like Petey Milak was also not there. Uh, we had guys like Zachary Reed not there too. Um, so it was interesting, you know. Uh, Brett Hawk said that if anyone is, wants a free uh, world championship medal, it's up for grab early this summer. I don't agree with that. I didn't like that. I thought that was a little distasteful. Um, and uh, Brett and I have a great relationship too. And uh, he's he's definitely had a lot of great takes on on world championships, especially his coverage of it. That was that was phenomenal, Brett. That was phenomenal uh, to see him getting up at four a.m. every day, uh, connecting and, and and making sure that people are getting getting the information and getting the the wow factor of these sessions that's needed for him and Kyle. That's very, very needed. Um, but to, to say that, I, I, I disagree. I think there were a lot of athletes that stepped up. Um, you know, the guy, the, the Chinese breaststroker stepped up. Petey wasn't there. And I don't think Petey could have taken him even if he was there. That's that's my take. Milak wasn't there. Uh, someone else from his own country, Hubikas, stepped up and, and took the gold in the 200 backstroke. So I think uh, that, was, that was definitely a wake-up call. American swimming has been dominant. It still is. We saw the total medal haul, and it's very impressive. But I think we uh, we are definitely seeing the results of riding on the coattails of legendary Michael Phelps and Ryan Lochte's uh, feet for a long time. And, and obviously, those are two huge outliers that the that the sport of swimming has never seen at the same time ever before. And it's just a by factor of their greatness. Like it's not a it's not a downside. It's just a by factor and a byproduct too. And we just have to adapt. While we got to see these great athletes do so many things. From the 4M, 100 fly, 100 freestyle to the 100 backstroke and then not even – to qualify for the team in the backstroke event and then not even swim it is incredible. And we got to see both of them just to swim such an, an array and a variety of swimming events. And it, it allowed us to kind of get away with not having to specialize or other athletes not having to specialize. And during that time, other countries were having to specialize and, and making the specializations to beat these guys in just one event, anything, anything, just to take a shot at them. And that's what made these guys so heroic and so great is because even when they lined up with the best in one event, they still took them down most of the time, 99% of the time. And especially at the Olympics and World Championships, you know, it's just a testament to how great they are. But the other side of it is while they were doing that, they kept other, these other countries kept building and building and building in specialization. And I think specialization is always going to outweigh generalization at a certain degree at the highest point, the sharpest the sharpest point of the sword to swing at the Olympic Games, World Championships, Pan American Games, World University Games. At these points, when we swing the sword, and how do they land? How does the blow land? And I think we're starting to see. We're starting to see Australia, Dean Boxel. We're starting to see these things uh, show up and in different ways. And so it's, it's important to pay attention. Success, success leaves clues. And we'd be ignorant to not acknowledge that ourselves and to see what other people. I want to see what Thomas Neal and, and Sam Short are doing. They're certainly doing something better in the 400-meter freestyle than we are. Um, and I think it takes uh, – I think it's an important vulnerability step to admit that and put your ego aside and to figure out how we can be better. I know a lot of the athletes here are doing that. 
I know a lot of the athletes at ASU are doing that. I know a lot of the coaches at ASU are doing that. And I hope a lot of the American coaches are looking at Australia and China and, and figuring out what they're doing with their athletes as well. So that's as far as I want to go for world championships right now. Uh, incredible time. I, I really enjoyed each session as many as I could watch while I was competing and really tap into the tier pro championships for um, Irvine um, and seeing those results. And I think it was a really important event. Again, going back to having Team Australia there and Team USA, um, I thought it was really, really unique to have this opportunity to to go through and compete. You know, like I guess some people can say a B squad, C squad, D squad, A squad, whatever you want to say. But it's pretty incredible to have such high level caliber athletes competing at both instances. You know, you have Jake Foster throwing down a two hundred eight and a fifty nine and a hundred and two hundred breaststroke at the 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 B the B standard mean, like pretty incredible, pretty incredible to say the least. And it's just a testament to how many great athletes are in uh, the USA and to see what they're doing. Like 200 freestyle, Max Maximilian Giuliano, uh, I think it was. And um, he won the 200 freestyle. He beat me. I won a 46-7, uh, second fastest time ever. And very happy with that. Very proud to improve on from the nationals in Indianapolis for the – World Championship qualifications. And so I think it's really interesting to see, like, going up against these guys to find out that Max went a time 46-2 that would have qualified him for the World Championships team. And it's just about performing at the right time. But, you know, it's pretty incredible to go top to bottom and see, you know, Dakota Luther had a faster time in the 200 fly than she did at Nationals. And just to see that sometimes it just doesn't hit for athletes and they got to figure it out at a, at a different time. And so I think that's pretty incredible to see, you know, Emma Wyant swam here as well, Paige Madden, uh, Jay Lutherland. So these athletes are no joke. And I think a lot of people just take that for granted a lot of the time and don't really pay attention to it uh, just because it's not the main meet. But it's important to look. You know, we go back and forth, and there's plenty of athletes that are great. Um, some of the athletes on Team Australia were second-place finishers, but they just didn't make it. And so it was an incredible opportunity, incredible meet. Really unique to see a lot of athletes, Jack Atkins, shine and, and flourish in their own light after not making the team. Um, you know, really neat to see guys like Brooks Curry come to the meet uh, and shine there. Johnny Kulo uh, perform as well. And then have other guys come up, uh, Trenton Julian, and swim at the meet. I think it's good. It's good report, um, you know, to have, have some excitement around the meet. You know, Nationals last year at Irvine was a little bit more excitement from the fan perspective and, and, and participation as well. But it was just a great event. I think it was a great opportunity. Uh, I liked the dynamic of having Tier end it with the Pro Series um, and kind of leading that into a Nationals, almost like a, a funneling circuit championship, if you may. And it was really neat. I think they can do a little bit more with that in the future to encourage and incentivize as well and, uh, and really do uh, a little bit better with that um, to culminate that and, and to, to provide more viewership into the entire sport. And so... You know, guys that were a little that weren't there that were sick. Uh, Michael Andrew would have been great to have him there. Um, you know, two IM was pretty fast this uh, this meet. Um, fortunately, I was able to drop a time and win that. I was very pleasantly surprised, very proud of myself for that, and I'm not ashamed to admit that um, as well. And, and to, to see these times, you know, Colin Fury um, won uh, 59.4, coming in second. Great time as well. Uh, the 50 freestyles, we had only one guy under 22 uh, from Australia as well, 21.8. So following in Cam McAvoy's 
Um, footsteps, phenomenal swim, phenomenal swim to see, and, and great to see that competition come come here. I think it's really important. Um, you know, I had a New Zealand record from Ty uh, Torpago uh, from I hope I I know I butchered that name, but Ty from Taiko from Wisconsin Badgers. So 19 years old, new was New Zealand record, um, 22-1, pretty incredible. Um, Pretty incredible 50 free there as well. So shout out to them, um, Yuri, Trev Dog, and Matty Martins uh, for getting that going up at Wisconsin. An incredible staff there. Absolutely incredible, incredible staff doing very great things from the women and the men's team. Um, and then going on to other things, such as seeing Jay Llewellyn just throw down another 411 in the 4am dominating performance by five seconds. Uh, the men's hundred fly was fun to watch. We had uh, two 51s in the field, Aiden Hayes from the Wolfpack, and then also another Australian swimmer, uh, Jesse Coleman. Pretty phenomenal swim, very beautiful swimmer, uh, great stroke, um, beautiful technique, 51-6. Phenomenal swim there. Again, another top 30 time in the world probably. Um, just absolutely incredible. Uh, again, you know, guys like Jake Foster getting third, fourth at, at trials, coming here and swimming and, and improving their time. Jake getting under a minute in the brass stroke for the first time. Like I said, Jack Aikens um, swimming uh, backstroke events here and dominating that uh, after not making the team as well. <coughs> and another unsung hero uh, for that many people will probably know, Danny Matheson, uh, newest member of the U.S. national team, uh, teammate of mine, and came in and just absolutely balled out, picked his target and hit it in the mile, 800, 400 free, and 400 IM, drop time in all those. Um, some of the best times, top 20 times in history. So really incredible to see that. Danny, if you're listening, proud of you, dude. That was pretty insane to see. Uh, very inspired for the rest of the week to see how after he swam as well. Um, and going on, uh, again, Australian. Australia. You know, you got to give it to him. I, uh, Maxine, Maximilian Giuliano. I hope that's how you pronounce the last name. But mad respect to this guy. Um, got Brooks Curry in the 100 freestyle by a tenth of a second. 48-2, and so uh, I'm looking at it now, and it's making me think. I don't know what the men's the men's mile ended up with. Uh, we're going to find out right now. But Matthew Galea, um, yeah, the Australian men, and I'm, I'm to blame. I didn't stop it. I didn't stop it in the 100 and the 200. I couldn't. I mean, I feel like I could, but it just didn't happen that day, and I, that's something you got to go to bed with. That's, that's how it is, but it fuels me to go forward. The Australian men. Uh, went the 50 to the 1500 and beat all the Americans at this meet. It's a uh, pretty impressive. Uh, I kind of realized they won the 1500 and 200. And I watched the mile on the first. No, that was the the 800 on the first night. Incredible win by Matthew Galea too, uh, as well. But yeah, 50 to 1500. That's an impressive feat. Come in only a couple of them, a couple Australians here, uh, one or two freestyle specialists, and just take it top to bottom. We got beat. We got beat there. So really interesting stuff. Tier, um, shout out Tier. Amazing meet, uh, amazing support uh, as an athlete for them, as a unbiased participator in the meet as well, as a biased participant in the meet. Uh, I thought it was great. It was cool to be a part of that team and a part of that athlete. And uh, that's a very real sentiment that I hope to, to share with others and others around me. But yeah, that's my review of it. Um, I have not seen Barbenheimer. I can't get a lane line review on that. I can give a lane line review on um, The Waterman. I'm almost finished with the book. I really enjoy it as a swim nerd. 
I would give it about an 8.2. I'm very invested in it. And it, it chronologically follows kind of the invention, if you may, or the start of, of USA Swimming at a large. And it's really interesting to see. So I really like that. Uh, my hot take is that the Big 12 will dissolve in five years. I already said that. I think that's scorching enough to, to not have another one on top of it. And my you like that of the week. You like that. 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 Was I hiked Mount Humphreys yesterday. Uh, the highest point in Arizona and just immaculate views. Uh, you know, I can show you pictures. I can post pictures. And folks... If you have the the body, if you have the fitness, the ability, go out and do it. And if you don't, train yourself to go do it because that is something that everyone in the world deserves to see. And we all have the capacity to see if we apply ourselves directly and and, and, and train ourselves, push ourselves, make ourselves uh, hurt, make ourselves succeed and, and, and push ourselves to our goal. I'm not saying everyone has to go hike something, but everyone deserves to go see something beautiful in the world. And a lot of it comes from having the physical capacities to do that and the mental capacities too because I was definitely hurting on that hike. 10 miles, 3,000 feet elevation, starting at 8,000 feet, that's a lot. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Not the average person can do that and I realized that and that was something I turned to my best friend Jack Little to go do and, um, and to talk about like how grateful it is that we have bodies that we've, we've built, we've created to go do that. So I'm very grateful to have a healthy body to a degree. Obviously, I'm a little sick on this podcast. Hopefully, it comes out with good audio. But um, yeah, I, I challenge yourselves. Set a challenge. That was my challenge I wanted to go do. And uh, I knew I needed to get uncomfortable and face some more adversity. And I came out on top feeling euphoric, uplifted, and, and very powerful from that. So moral of the story lesson as I started off with uh, go do something hard. Challenge yourself. And uh, yeah, just uh, persevere. Go see something beautiful. Use your body while you have it in this short period of time. And go go see something beautiful. You know, like I said, pictures, videos, it'll all be great to see, but it's better to experience it in person. And no matter how many how many likes or how many comments or how many looks you get um, on those pictures from uh, afar or whatever, it doesn't do it justice as seeing that on top of the mountaintop, literally. Um, and so it was just such an immaculate moment to share with my best friend. This is his first time, my second time. Just a beautiful all-around experience. So go do whatever challenges you. Go on a hike. Go out to the beach. Go to the forest. Whatever it is. See your kids. Hug your kids. Pick your kids up. Hold them up. Symbol of circle of lifestyle. Simba. Whatever it is. Um, just do something and, and make sure you have the body and the mind to do that. And I just don't think we see that too much in America, unfortunately. We're seeing it less and less. I'll put it that way. But we all have the capacity. We can all do it. And it's up to us to make that. And I'll end with a quote. From Zig Ziglar, a great podcast that I just listened to on the way home from Irvine, actually. Um, Zig Ziglar was giving a seminar and it states, we must believe before we do and we must do before we have. And I think that's very powerful and it shows the step-by-step simplicity process of what it takes to, to accomplish. We must believe mentally that we can accomplish something before we actually do it. We must take action. We must do it before we can possess it and for it, before it can be ours. Because without action, we can do, have nothing. We can acquire nothing. And I think in that aspect, it's, it's beautiful. And I think looking past that, once we have it, really acknowledging, did this fulfill me and did this uh, uplift me? So 
definitely uplifted me being on a Mount Humphreys. Definitely made me better. Definitely fulfilled me. So go out, do something hard, exercise your body, your mind, your spirit. And thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it and hope this uh, successfully and safely got to your next swim practice. So thanks for listening and tune in to the next podcast, Live Life Daily. Thanks. Bye.